You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom-targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're answering your questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. And we just had a question on astaxanthin. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, this is from Carol, who's 73 years old and was a sun worshiper until she was about 40 and then started using sunscreen. And now she's wondering if using astaxanthin may be of benefit. Well, as it happens, uh, at the end of the month, I'm going to be talking to Neil Levin, who is an expert on... Uh, at Protocol. At Protocol for yeah. Life Balance. Mm -hmm. uh, he's uh, their uh, director of communications. And uh, one of the subjects is astaxanthin. So we're going to do a deep dive on that subject. So Terrific. listen to that podcast when it posts at the end of the month or you know beginning of August. And um, just so people know, astaxanthin is, is that yeah. hue that is found... In wild salmon. Yeah. It's a red pigment mm -hmm. that is a carotenoid. Yeah. And it's in algae, mm -hmm. which, you know, renders the salmon pink, red in color. And they actually, in farmed salmon, which is kind of gray and unappealing, they add astaxanthin to they their do. feed. They yeah. do. And you know what else? When you visit your ophthalmologist and they look into your eyes, mm -hmm. if you've been eating farmed salmon, where they use the fake astaxanthin, they see an accumulation oh. in your eyes. Is that Isn't good? that fascinating? Is no, that, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's you can get astaxanthinosis. Possibly. I, I'm not sure that, that that really is is borne out. Mm. Um, but, you know, it could give you like a false impression exactly. because really the, 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 the stuff that you're Retina needs is lutein yeah. and zeaxanthin, absolutely, which are different carotenoids. Mm -hmm. So it, I don't know, it may I don't know, maybe maybe that's one of the potential uh, confusions that it can occur. And this is a reason to avoid farmed fish, especially yeah. farmed salmon. Yeah, right? you know, I got to say, I'm I, I do frequently use farmed. I try to get the organic, whatever that means. I'm not even sure that that's that meaningful. Uh, but, it, you know, higher it, quality... It wouldn't know. be fed the nasty fish meal that they yeah. normally so give farm fish. In other words, a little better feed. Yes, and, you know, okay. which, is, which is... Which is like everything. less corn-based, and they, so the right. flesh composition is going to be better. Yeah. Um, so it's also present in krill, so mm -hmm. that's why people, when people take krill oil, they're going to get some astaxanthin. Yeah. And I used to be not that big a fan of astaxanthin. I just kind of you know, agnostic about it. Yeah. You know, I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't think you needed it. Uh, I'm beginning to think that there may be some benefit because it is a powerful antioxidant and it's particularly good for uh, sun exposure. Yes. So I take it in the summer mm. 
And I don't use sunscreen normally. Yeah. Uh, I don't bake in the sun, but I ride, you know, in shirts, in short sleeves and, you know, with my face uncovered. Right. And, uh. I don't use sunscreen either. Not but wood. I'm no, I don't burn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a, you have a nice tan. You have a relatively pale skin. Yeah. But yeah. You, you have a nice, uh, even tan now. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't use sunscreen. I yeah. might wear a big hat yeah. or something like that. I like When I'm in the more- tropics, when I'm on a, like a scuba diving in the tropics, Definitely, I wear sunscreen because you're you closer burn. to the equator. Yeah. it's a different thing. Yeah, especially yeah, yeah, on yeah, like the nose and ears and Absolutely. things like that. Absolutely, but I wear the zinc oxide type. Very, very yeah. good. Yeah, I like taking a little more lycopene. You okay, know, I like adding a little more tomato paste in my sauces and things like that to get the additional benefit of lycopene to also prevent sunburn and thing. But Astaxanthin may be of benefit. Now, Carol is wondering, she's 5'1 and 90 pounds. What kind of dose should she take? I don't think it's been worked out, really. I mean, I I would take like one little pill a day of the astaxanthin. Um, You know, I think one of the side effects of astaxanthin is that if you take too much of it, you can get kind of yellowish skin. Ah, like eating too many carrots? But that's putting pigment in your skin may be beneficial for uh like the beta carotene for protecting your skin Mm. you know from uv induced damage Mm -hmm. so yes i mean once you know i don't know if if it's you know once the horse is out of the barn you know in the aftermath of excessive sun exposure if it's going to protect you from skin cancer it's maybe the kind of thing you use as a preventive of skin damage yes so it's it's anti-inflammatory uh, there's some information that uh, it may help to reduce exercise-induced muscle damage in mm. people who work out. Uh, there's some uh, benefits for vision, actually. Um, a 2008 animal study showed that acetanthin helped protect retinal cells against oxidative damage. So wow. it's not necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, lutein and zeaxanthin still are the ones that you are looking for. Cognitive benefits, I think there are some uh, potential cognitive benefits. We'll learn more from Neil Levin about the latest studies. Look forward and, to And, uh, you know, the side effects, well, increased skin pigmentation. You definitely can get, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. So, okay. if you take too much, you can get red stool color, which can be a lot. Probably, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Carol, thank you for that question. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think that its approval in the food supply, you know, as a, quote, grass, you know, generally recognized as safe additive to food. Yeah. You know, they, they permit a lot of bad stuff in food, but, you know, Which I think it does substantiate yeah. that there's not direct evidence of its harm. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. do you need to take supplemental astaxanthin? Well, maybe there's a place for it, and we'll find out more when we talk to Neil. Okay. Luis has a question. Recently, I had an outpatient procedure. When I was in recovery, the nurse offered me sweet juice, ginger ale, or graham crackers. I was hesitant to take any part of it as I didn't want my blood sugar to soar since I'd not eaten since (laughs) noon the day before. My question is, why are you given sweets instead of light proteins after surgery? Okay, so good question. But, you know, I think what it has to do with is they want you to recover. So they give you a little sugar. Exactly. And if you're coming out of a, a, of a anesthesia, yeah. maybe it's something to kind of get the right. blood sugar right. up just temporarily. Yeah, it's probably not the best choice to take so, ginger ale so or graham crackers. The, it, what they discovered is that one of the worst aspects of the discomfort that people experienced after surgery is caffeine withdrawal. 
Because mm-hmm. typically you're told to be NPO, yes. nothing by mouth. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, they'll have like two, three cups of coffee by the yeah. time that they, you know, end up at work in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and they're going through horrible caffeine withdrawal uh, when they come out of surgery. And some of it is the surgical, the chemical residues of the anesthesia. Sure. The grogginess from that. But some of it is the grogginess from caffeine withdrawal. So what they ought to do is give you like a sweetened tea yeah. with a little caffeine. Yes. You know, and so the graham crackers, obviously pregnant women take graham crackers mm. because there's something about their anti-nausea. And it's, uh, that's more saltines, I think, than graham crackers. Saltines, you're right. Saltines. Yes. But graham crackers have ginger in them. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. Graham crackers, I think, right? No, I think that's ginger well, snaps. I'm not sure about oh, the graham crackers. Oh, ginger snaps. Crack- okay, yeah. ginger snaps. Graham right. crackers are just a, pretty much a cookie. Just a cookie. Gotcha. I believe. It's been a long time since I've had a graham cracker. Yeah. Okay. Invented by <laughs> Sylvester Graham. Oh. Yeah. Who was, I used to hang out with uh, a guy named uh, Post mm-hmm. and also uh, Post Toasties. Post Cereal. Yeah. And, okay. and uh, you know, those. You yeah. Know, and, and Kellogg. They and used Kellogg's. to hang out together at the sanitarium. You know, they took, uh, you know, high colonics and uh, detoxed and, oh. uh, you know, ate a lot of vegetarian food to. Uh, eliminate impure thoughts during the Victorian right. era. You know, it was licentious thoughts. Right. It was like the you know this whole thing is like yeah. young men and women should yeah. you know uh, exercise frequently, take cold showers, and uh, eat a uh-huh. a very bland diet to avoid right. licentiousness. <laughs> so anyway, uh, all right. How puritanical. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's you know Victorian. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Louise, that's basically just the right right after surgery, yeah. just to maybe get your blood sugar a little up. But how often do you have surgery? I mean, it's how, true. It's, like, it's true. But protein is very, very important after yes, any kind of surgery. That's a good point. Yes. To to help with the repair process. Right. right. But that can so come protein, later. Yes. But you know, frankly, if they said, "Here's you know, here's like a uh, you know, T-bone steak," you know, it's like. Uh, I just came out of anesthesia. I just I'm came not out. You're sure. not. You're not in the mood for that right, <laughs> right now. You right. want something a little bit lighter. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How about but, some? How about some liver and onions? Exactly. Mm. But Louise, I do agree with you that they could choose. You know, better things. Maybe a little fresh fruit salad or something different yeah. along yeah, those yeah, lines yeah. or something. Which, I like the idea, like some warm, little caffeinated, uh, you know, Earl Grey tea. Yeah, or uh, like Earl Grey's. With a, with a teaspoon of sugar. That, you know. that would be good. That could work. That would work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, peppermint, mm, you know, ginger yeah. tea. Ginger tea would be Ginger good, tea would be great. Anti-nausea. Yes, yeah, yeah, ginger yeah, yeah. tea would be ideal. Yeah. Put a little sugar in that if you wanted to, just to get your blood sugar back up a little bit after not eating for a period of time. Good point at which to pause because we want to allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to strut their stuff. So here we go, listen up. If you're suffering from a serious health challenge or just want to protect your good health, I want to tell you about Metatrol Fermented Wheat Germ Extract from American Biosciences. Imagine every cell in your body working at peak performance, achieving enhanced energy, quality of life, and optimal immune system performance. More than 50 research articles in peer-reviewed medical journals describe fermented wheat germ extracts remarkable health benefits in a wide range of serious health challenges. Metatrol is the most potent fermented wheat germ extract ever produced, and it's It's the only one that's gluten-free. 
Just two Metatrol capsules daily supports your immune system, cellular health, and energy production. Rescue your mitochondrial function and optimize your energy with Metatrol fermented wheat germ extract. For more information and to order, go to theharmonycompany.com. That's theharmonycompany.com or call 800-422-5518. 800-422-5518. Use coupon code HOFFMAN20 at checkout and get a 20% first-time discount and free shipping. That's theharmonycompany.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They are de minimis, what you have to undergo to experience the myriad benefits of free health information. Yeah. And I think it's worth it. Yes. <laughs> okay. So here we go. What's next? We've got an email from Sue. Do you think NT Factor would be helpful for fatigue from lupus and Sjogren's? Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? I mean, we think that in these conditions, there is potentially uh, inefficiency of the mitochondria, Mm -hmm. potentially damage to cell membranes and mitochondrial membranes. And the whole idea behind anti-factor is called membrane replacement therapy, Mm. which is designed to repair cell membranes Mm -hmm. and improve intercellular communication and energy production. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, there's a place for it. Certainly, it could do no harm. Yeah. Yeah. Will it be a panacea? Not sure, because these can be pretty devastating conditions, but it, I think it's part of a, a repair process in those yes. conditions. Yeah, sure. Yes. And I would recommend the powder, mm-hmm. or uh, there's a product called Patented Energy, okay, which is the lozenge. All right. So when you're on vacation, you know, you're not going to take a lot of powder with you. Right. You don't have a blender. You take the lozenges. Take the lozenges. Easy carry. Yeah. And then in your when you're briefcase, at home, your blender, you know, I throw it into my smoothie, mm-hmm. or you can sprinkle it onto you know, some fruit, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, or some yeah. um, coconut yogurt, whatever you're, you know, having. Yeah, yeah. Sue, thank you for that question. We've got another question from Karen. Would you please talk about pregnenolone, why mm-hmm. it's important, how low is too low, and what's the best way to take the supplement, and what would, what would be a, a, an optimal range for a woman in her late 70s, Yeah, if you have an opinion uh, about you know, that? Pregnenolone is one of the, I think, less well understood um, uh, hormones. hormones. It's a hormone. Yeah. It is a hormone. Yeah. Um, but it is considered like a mother hormone. It's yeah. kind of upstream of things like progesterone and DHEA. And so its effects are myriad in supporting other hormones. Mm-hmm. Uh, this also raises the possibility that it could raise hormones in a not good way, yeah. perhaps increasing if someone has cancer, maybe exposing them to hormones. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's a very minor concern. It is available over the counter which yeah. is like DHEA. Yes. And of interest to me is that in addition to being a, a precursor, because, you know, why why take a precursor when you can take the actual thing, like take DHEA, don't take pregnenolone. Pregnenolone in and of itself is mm-hmm. very plentiful in the body and in the brain. And it is a neurosteroid, which means that it has a very specific effect on the nerve transmission and brain function. And so, uh, there's some interesting studies on pregnenolone and depression. 
Hmm. And there are, and, and not enough of them. There should be more studies. And there's some interesting studies on pregnenolone in low back pain at very high doses. Oh, wow. And one study that really impressed me, they did a study at the VA Medical Center at Duke University, uh, Duke Medical Center in North Carolina. And they found that in veterans with low back pain, very high doses, <laughs> like 500 milligrams per day of pregnenolone, uh, halved the... Uh, the symptoms of low back pain, long-term wow. symptoms of back pain. So I think it's it's promising for pain. It's promising for brain function. Uh, it may be kind of an elixir because it supports all the hormone pathways. Yeah. Uh, is do I do I treat it? Do I if do I if I find a low pregnenolone, somebody's very fatigued, or somebody with depression, I might supplement it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I tell you, I'm a little bit. Um, Lost at sea about what is the optimal dose. Hmm. I, I well, like, what would be the optimal range in a blood test? I, I'm, I'm thinking like you know 100, 200, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to say, it's an elusive thing, huh. uh, and I, I don't necessarily fix it, but I, I try to address it in somebody who's got a complaint. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of the substrate. It's, it's also of- easy. It's available over the counter. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of the substrate where all the other hormones yeah. are made. Downstream, Including yeah. DHEA, which is interesting. Yeah. Okay. And I would imagine that even above pregnenolone would be cholesterol. But yes. now I'm opening up a can of worms yeah. talking about cholesterol. Yeah, right? yeah. When everybody wants no, LDL it, it all, so low. It all comes from cholesterol. It's synthesized yeah. from cholesterol. The question is, and I think more formal study needs to be done on this, is... Uh, do men and women who are on statins and now even more powerful drugs that really obliterate their cholesterol, are they having significant declines in their hormone production, which yeah. could be consequential. Sure. Could be consequential mood-wise, could be consequential for sarcopenia, could be consequential for bone, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but uh, we're not seeing that a lot with mm. these uh, statin drugs or... Or the Peskies. Or the PCSK9 inhibitors. And now there's bepidoic acid, which is another entry into the field. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be, instead of the injectable uh, PCSK9 uh, inhibitors, there's going to be oral. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that's coming down the pike. Okay. And probably even another category of drugs that I talked about Mm -hmm. in one of my... That that Mm -hmm. may be cheaper and easier to use and even more effective Yeah, for people who are at high risk of heart disease. Wow. So I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that area because it cannot be denied that some people are just going to progress towards advanced heart disease in spite of our best efforts to encourage diet and exercise and, you know, all the nice preventive things. And they, they're going to need medication. Yeah. They're going to need they're going to be needed rescued, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. we we have so much heart disease. We do. People are dying from Fortunately, it. Fortunately, yeah. It's the number one killer yeah. in America. It remains it the is. number one killer. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. All right. We've got a question from Kathy, who is a 57-year-old postmenopausal woman. It is my understanding that uterine fibroids should shrink once postmenopausal. 
or at the very least stay the same and not continue to grow right. and create more. What are your thoughts, suggestions? Well, you know, this is something that could be monitored, and you know, it is a concern. Uh, you know, recently we saw one of our uh, a woman in her eighties uh, mm -hmm. who has uh, been on very light hormone replacement therapy. She hasn't had any bleeding, mm -hmm. but in a recent uh, study, it was found that she has like little fibroids, which they don't know what it is. I mean, hmm. uh, is that a concern? And so she's going to have some additional evaluation, maybe uh, a vaginal ultrasound, mm -hmm. not an, you know, an abdominal ultrasound. And I sent her to a colleague of mine who may uh, perform, uh, you know, an internal exam to, you know, see, uh, she may need, um, uh, you know, study of her endometrial tissue to see if there's Something suspicious yeah. going on there. Wow. Okay. So that may be something. And uh, you know, it, it, the presence of you know fibers don't completely go away. Right. They should decline in size. But if they, in sequential tests, they seem to be enlarging, in the face of you mm -hmm. know no hormone therapy, mm -hmm. then it's you know because some very rarely fibroids can turn into cancer. Mm-hmm. But very rarely. Very rarely. Uh, yeah. They 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 are called lyomyomas, but they can become lyomyosarcomas, yeah, which are a bad kind of cancer. So they that's rare, mm -hmm. you know. But it, fibroids cannot be. Oh, you know, it's just a fibroid, and especially when you're older and there's no reason for you to have fibroids. They need to be right looked at. Yes, yes. Kathy, thank you for that. Very thoughtful we'll question. Time for one more question, I think, today. Okay. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. This is from Adriana. My urologist recommended a CT with and without contrast for high red blood cells in my urine. Is contrast safe? What can I take to flush it out? Okay. So the reason that they're doing that test is because what you know having red blood cells in your urine could be a sign of a kidney stone it could be a sign of a bladder problem yeah it could be a sign of even unfortunately kidney cancer yeah so the uh, way that you can look at the kidneys and the urinary tract is through a CT scan of the of the pelvis or the yeah the pelvis the abdomen and uh, the contrast will help pick up mm -hmm. more. Can it be done without contrast? Possibly, but you won't see as much. Right. And uh, the contrast is generally well tolerated. There's mm -hmm. actually a way to reduce contrast reactions, and that's to take NAC. 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 Mm -hmm. So you, you, you're not going to interfere with the study by taking, you know, NAC, um, you know, 300 milligrams or before, even, during, after. Even 500 milligrams. Yeah. Something could come 600 milligrams. Take one three times a day for a day or two before and then for a day or two after. Right. And you Help will, your body detox that out. And that, that's well known even by radiologists yeah. and by um, you know conventional physicians. Terrific. That, that you can reduce contrast reactions. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you just hydrate, hydrate, you know, and it, it gets eliminated. Mm hmm. It's all a matter of your detox pathways, more than anything, Adriana, to help rid yourself 
yeah, it's but not think, something that should I think hang the, out in your body. I think the study is is warranted. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what the circumstances are like. I mean, sometimes, I, I mean, I just saw a woman with like a few red blood cells in her urine, and we talked about her. But you know, it's because she has, and that's been chronic, and it's been stable, and it's been evaluated, and you know, she has frankly a very um, uh, what's called an atonic bladder, which means the bladder holds urine. She has a post-void residual. It becomes like kind of a mm. culture medium for bacteria. She's constantly having to hydrate to flush out her bladder so she doesn't develop a bladder infection. Sometimes you get a few red blood cells that way. Yeah. It does not necessarily mean you have cancer. And every time that you see the red blood cells, you have to do another CAT scan, which, by the way, is a fair amount of radiation. You don't want to do that test casually. Right, you know. right. Okay. Adriana, thank you for that. And we thank you all for your questions. Yeah, and just uh, you know, reminder, take advantage of everything that Intelligent Medicine has to offer because you can follow this podcast. If you're already listening to this podcast, you're following this podcast. Right. But follow it, tell people about it. It's on your favorite podcast app, wherever, whatever that might be, and continue to get new episodes every weekday. And also follow me on Facebook and Twitter for the latest health news and fully vetted product recommendations. If you haven't already, subscribe to our newsletter. Great articles there by yours truly and by Layla. And um, that's all she wrote yep. for today. <laughs> questions at drhoffman.net is your destination for questions, if you should be so moved. We've got a lot of great questions today. Yeah. Thanks for those, because they are the fodder that drives this Q&A with Layla podcast. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212 779 1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your healthcare.